2: early let's go
3: it this over with so i can leave
2: are you rolling reavers i am fratelloni's hardware and garden stores brings your garage logic podcast number 894 oh it's already august hey august 1st 2022 101 degrees on this day with. 1988 and 49 degrees on 1962. isn't it uncanny how the rain has missed the twin cities it yes. either goes north or south. It splits every time. <gasps> is that climate change? Yes, it's, uh, it's climate change. Okay. The swimming season is still with us. That means Aquacide is still with us. Those great products from the White Bear Lake Company made right there in White Bear Lake that keep people's swimming beaches free of weeds and algae. They've been doing so for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products. Their products are easy to use. They work quickly. Uh, in fact, I was at a lake place over the weekend. We got to get Aquaside. Uh, they have a real weed problem up there, and I know Aquaside can take care of it. Those products uh, are registered with both the EPA and DNR. That's what the people wanted to know. Are they safe? I said yes. They're completely safe for you, the mm. fish, and your family. Uh, call Aquaside, identify the problem. They'll help you get the right product and make sure your place looks great all the rest of the summer. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hite in the newsroom. And occasionally, Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. I got a a very nice note uh, from uh, John, GL John, who writes, just wanted to let you know that I've been taking care of my 88 year old parents. And as this is the first summer where they can't move to the cabin, my wife and I take them up each weekend. They are staunch Democrats and have been there all their whole lives. I uh, took the chance this spring to play the podcast in the car during the three-and-a-half-hour trip each way. Uh Uh-oh. At first, I asked if it was okay if they wanted me to turn it off. They said no. They haven't heard this side and found it interesting. Fast forward to this weekend, and Dad asked to listen to GL on the way up and on the way back. I had some longer trips this week, so it caught... Up, But since he asked, I played some and I already list, that I had already listened to. They are finding that they agree with a lot that is said. Mm. They may not vote Republican this election, but thanks to GL, they are considering the side not reported in the mainstream media. Thank you, boys. Sincerely, John Ratzliff.
4: Nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's pleasant. Very cool. Pleasant start to the week, Joe.
2: And uh, we got a note from our GL demolition derby driver. Matt, Matt, uh, who sent pictures of his 2022 demo derby cars. He ran the Anoka County Fair uh, Sunday, yesterday, at 3 p.m. I don't know how he did. He said, I'll be trying to defend my title from last year and win back-to-back championships. Wish me luck. Can't wait to see you guys at the fair. And that's Matt Gilsdorf, and he has really nifty GL I was Advertised looking for him. Yeah. GL demo derby car.
1: I was looking for him at the Rice County demo derby because I worked the beer gardens and I did not see him.
2: Uh, Matt, let us know how you did at at Anoka. And speaking of the fair, I have a note from uh, Dean who writes, "All hail the Flashlight King." Hail you. Could you please provide for me the days and times you and the dummies will be at the fair? I really want to come and see you, but we'll need to get a day off from work. I drive an 18 wheeler delivering steel every day, 2,000 or more miles a week. Oof. What's that costing? Slightly less than Reavers, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> at any rate, I've been listening from day one of the podcast and would really love to be there. Also, where are you located on the grounds? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Pushing back in Rochester, Minnesota. By the way, I wrote one of Kenny's seafoam ads, which he read on the podcast back in May. It gave me goosebumps when I heard him read it. Imagine little old me making in the big leagues. Thank you. Uh, I would you know, Seafoam ad gave him goosebumps. That's pretty good. Are we the big leagues? Are we sure it's not
3: the sound of my
2: voice? Yeah, that's it. Uh, we're Dean, sure. we're at the uh, pretty fair pretty sure. every day except the Wednesday of the fair every and Labor weekday. Day.
1: Every weekday. Every weekday. Don't say day. We're there every
2: weekday of the fair except Wednesday and Labor Day Monday. At noon. The show will
1: begin at noon.
2: Except Friday, August 26th, it might start earlier than noon. Wait a second. Really? Yeah. By decree or what's going on there? I got to throw axes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Got yeah. me there.
4: Yeah. Got me.
3: That's why I'm leaving early today. I've got to throw some axes. It's funner
4: I... than hell, by the way. Huh? Did you it win? It's than hell, by yeah. the way. Yeah. What and do you the... throw them at? Wood? Yes. At each
1: other, I hope.
4: We and should give, the, uh, provide... Can we
2: get back to the email? Where do I tell Dean we're located? What's right easy... next
1: to the KSTP building. No, that doesn't help. It he sure West? does. Picture
3: he the needs West. a big, vis- visible... The gra- yeah. The, you were gonna say the I, west end of the grandstand. I can handle it. I can, grandstand. handle it. I can handle it. Uh, Picture you get the, to the west
2: end of the grandstand. By
3: Andy's Grill,
2: and then go uh, the go to the DG west DG end play. of the grandstand, and then, <laughs> <south> and, <laughs> and then go immediately south,
4: and you'll run into us. You know right what? There, it's down you're, there. You're gonna find us. You can. You can get there. You can, you can get there. The guy that led the axe seminar. Okay, we was should a start from
1: the We should start from the beginning of why that's now going to become a phrase in GL. What?
2: i got to throw axes. That's a new euphemism. i got to throw I'm axes. Throwing axes. Yeah, I'm throwing That's axes. if you're not here, unexpectedly. Well, we what happened ex- to him? He's <laughs> we, throwing axes. Yeah. Rookie was supposed to be here Thursday, but he told us he had to throw axes. But and he didn't said, tell
3: us that about, uh, until about two minutes right. before the show completely started. Spaced. We're sitting here right. waiting for spaced.
2: him. And we didn't know what that meant, and it turned out that this was some sort of family get-together where you went to some bar and threw axes.
4: Flannel Jacks
2: in Midway. Flannel
4: Jacks. I'm unfamiliar with it. Uh, it's by Can Can Wonderland. Unfamiliar with it. Uh, Black, what, what, University Black Stack, Avenue? Yeah, University and Pryor. Their only issue arts. is their parking to,
1: situation is awful. It's true. Do you have to give your pronar, pronouns when you
3: walk in the door <laughs> at that uh,
4: bar? Uh, mine were uh, him, he. All right. I had to declare. I'm man My Did only you, regret, Rook, is that you didn't get
1: um, the visual of the mayor's reaction when I had you on what? speakerphone. <laughs> what? What?
4: He did the, you know, the Joe hands in the air. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be kidding Looking me. to the sky. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got pictures. I can, if you guys want to stick around after the show, I can show you. I'd love to. Yeah, I have an interesting note from uh,
2: May. No, I'm sorry. Zachary, Zachary May, uh, regarding the California wildfire problem. Yep. Joe, I want to address the causes of California's wildfire issue. Throughout the recent years, you have addressed elements of the problem, but I want to give you more context. I live in Northern California, surrounded by two mountain ranges, the Cascades to the west and the Sierra Nevadas to the east. To put it in perspective, I live 30 miles from Paradise, which was destroyed by the Camp Fire, and 40 miles north of Redding, which was crippled by the Carr Fire. Living in an area which has seen the calamities which wildfires cause has forced me to understand the issue. Governor Newsom loves to simplify the wildfire issue as a global warming disaster. To label a complex problem as California's wildfire issue solely on global warming only shows Newsom's inability to critically think and look at the problem through unbiased lenses. To address the problem, we must first look at the California drought of 2012 to 2016, which negatively impacted Northern California's agriculture input and lake levels. The drought's biggest consequence was the death of mountain vegetation. According to the Smithsonian Magazine, the drought killed close to 150 million trees. I can attest to the sight of dead trees, which dot the mountains all around me. Instead of clearing the dead trees, the state of California, led by its past governor, Jerry Brown, did nothing. In California, in California's past, lumberjacks and young high school graduates were hired to clear the dead vegetation during the cooler winter months. My landlord was one of those hired hands in the 1970s. He would clear the forest lands of dead vegetation. Unfortunately environmental agencies and state legislation has limited the potential of clearing dead vegetation throughout the last 30 years. It's not surprising that the worst wildfires of the past five years have occurred after a massive drought. The reason why California fires are becoming more intense and fast-moving is due to the fuel which is prevalent on the ground floor rather than the sweltering temperatures. Mm. Instead of being practical, California's government, led by Newsom, has decided to be blinded by their climate change perception rather than looking at the problem through a practical lens. The one thing that can be said is that progressives and woke fanatics disregard practical solutions for utopian dreams of social perfectionism. Joe, I will say that people here in Northern California are fighting back against Newsom's comments of global warming and are now calling for forest management during the winter months. Join the gang. Keep up the good fight. Fighting back from ground zero in California, Zachary May, and he linked me to the Smithsonian article. Uh, It's not climate change. As we've noted, California has a history of wildfires. They could go a long way uh, to solving their problems by better management. Mm -hmm.
4: Right? And not worrying about the uh, spotted owl or the... uh, Hadn't we... uh, covered everything he mentioned extensively before
2: i think so all right I, I i have something to get into but it's fairly lengthy so i i, th- I think i might hold it i just might hold it oh. and uh i was studying a rabbit today
4: well a little downtime that's some downtime in the garage with it open
2: oh <laughs> well, this was out the window oh.
4: and and it, it occurred to you me you were
2: pondering a rabbit
4: yep and
2: I felt for the guy. Okay. Oh. oh. Was he in distress? What no. Was... Rabbits can never take a break; they can never oh, be at ease. Predator prey. Absolutely not. Yeah.
4: You ever play that game, Predator Prey? I've not. Okay.
2: But I looked at this guy. He was what on the. the he was on a rock, and he was looking around. And they're always, they're always nervous. They never <laughs> can just kick back. Same with deer. Yeah. Yeah. They never can kick back and just relax. No, and More they... so than squirrels, I think. Squirrels, squirrels are don't, not threatened. Squirrels don't really have a predator, do they? Well, a fox yeah. if it can be fast enough. Mm.
3: But have you noticed with some rabbits, they, I think they think they're invisible because they'll be hopping along, they see me, and then they freeze.
4: They just stop, yeah. And but then that's... I take
3: a couple of steps and they're still there, and I swear they think they're invisible.
2: Right, but when they're freezing, their their anxiety level is through the roof. Oh yeah, they're yeah, they're you, just terribly nervous, and they never get a break. Well, the, I'm going to declare this for the town of Garage Logic: rabbits are off limits. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Nobody, nobody yeah, no, that's nobody a safe sh- space. Nobody shoots you can't bunnies. Be a good rabbit, okay, rabbits yeah, have a safe, place, a safe place in Garage Logic. Wow. The yeah. only
3: bunnies you get to eat are the bunnies you raise. Okay, that's if fine with me. If you're gonna have a backyard bunny hutch, you can eat <laughs> rabbit. Otherwise, Jeez. there's no shooting rabbits.
2: I wasn't talking about eating them. They're they're fearful of eagles swooping down and getting them, and fox well, and coyotes getting them, and well,
3: why else would people sh- kill a rabbit?
2: Uh.
4: Who was it that was telling killed me the
2: rabbit killed, it. The
3: killed the rabbit. rabbit?
4: Oh, what have I done? I've killed the rabbit, poor a, widow bunny. A guy was telling me that <laughs>
2: animals have two purposes. One, to produce revenue, and two to produce the animals that to protect the animals that produce revenue. Yeah. Boom. It's right. a boom. Oh, who said that? A guy told me that.
3: Um, You're all
2: cowboys, I know that.
0: Southwood's rabbit, Southwinds killed
4: gold. the rabbit, killed the rabbit. No, no, you're not killing rabbits in garage logic. Um, do you know that rabbits have eyes on the side of their head, and they have 360. So they're, they can constantly see everything that's around
2: them. They have to, that's because to that's to aid them in never being able to relax.
4: Yes, it's magnificent. The good Lord made rabbits to... So,
1: you're saying the rabbit is constantly going
4: that? yeah, Who hush and fuffa. He can never relax and get out the lotion, <laughs> and right? The right. robes. They and... never sit down. <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody's always around.
2: Who That's dat? right. Say, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of a boom, <laughs> it's a boom. Yes, I want to welcome Gator Hooks to the yes. show. Yes, oh, the
4: guys at Gator Hooks are fantastic. Wait, will you, I will love you hear mine. about
2: this. Will you hear about this. Rookie, wouldn't you picture a magnet? I know exactly what you picture.
4: U-shaped magnet with the uh, it's silver with red (laughs) on the tips. Yep, and it's it's horseshoe like.
2: These are magnets you use in your garage. You hang them wherever you want storage, Mm -hmm. and you're saying, "Well, it's a magnet. They're they're unreliable. Mm -hmm.
4: Nothing. It can't hold anything heavy."
2: No, these are special magnets with multiple polarization. What does that mean? What does that mean?
4: That means um, they have the north and south. They're all over together. the place on the magnet. And if you look, when we met with these guys and they gave me, uh, they gave us your card with that little green on it. Right if here. you put that over the magnet, my son Gabe was just enthralled by. It. He couldn't get enough. It shows you where they are. Yeah. The little circles and there's a huge amount of pull. Okay. It turns any metal surface in
2: your garage into a storage place, and you can put baskets on them, put stuff in the basket. Yeah. You can move them around. You turn your toolbox into a magnet. Yep. It is. It's perfect
1: for the garage fridge because that's really where mine cool. is.
2: They're really cool, and uh, you need them in your garage. There's, there's no other way to put it. You just need this in your garage. I suppose you could take them into the house. They're handsome. Put them
4: in the basement. In the basement they're called gator hooks, room. and
2: you got to go to gatormagnetics dot com. But they're very cool. We doubted it. I didn't think a magnet could hold anything powerful. You can hang 25, 30 pounds on these things. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. And you move them around. You're constantly redesigning where you put put the magnets. It's, and then you re, there's a lever. You just click it. Boom. You, the, the magnet comes off the surface you've attached it to. Now you put it somewhere else.
4: You can not You can hardly pull it off on your own, but their release mechanism is key. You can't pull it off right. on your own. You just you, Their release mechanism is... 59?
2: I could hang 30, Kenny on one of these 60. things, and don't think I'm not thinking about it. Right. It turns any metal surface in your garage or house into a place to hang stuff. How Let's do we get them? Go to www.com. GatorMagnetics.com.
4: Kenny here for Spiral Light Candles. <laughs> Hi, Hi, I'm Kenny. Rookie. Go ahead, Kenny. I tell you what, Kenny. Uh, oh, I'm Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, my life is horrible. That's why I need to be picked up with some, <laughs> something exciting like Spiral Light Candles. <laughs> right. Spiral Light Candles are exciting, Kenny. You've been burning boring candles. That's my why your life, life is just. Is, that's why you hate yourself. It's in shambles. If you were looking at a candle that was, flame was, was spinning and spinning in a circular motion, you would be thrilled and your life would be fantastic. You'd probably even win the lottery. I can't guarantee that, but I can tell you your life is going to be much better. SpiralLightCandles.com is the website. They are back on Garage Logic. They're featuring at the State Fair once again this year, the Garage Logic candle, the Cylinder Index candle you got to check it out. It smells like the garage. And how can you get it? Well, you go to spirallightcandles.com, you click on the bottom of the website, click on the GL logo, and find out how you can get your hands on yours if you can't get them at the Minnesota State Fair and they sell out really quick. Spirallightcandles.com, they're a garage logic family-run business, and they want to spice up your life with burning candles that are fun to look at. Many different scents, many different colors. Check out the website. It's spiralightcandles.com. Welcome back and order today, letting them know that the Rook sent you from the GL podcast.
3: <laughs> Here <laughs> we that, go. Yeah. Was that Chris Rock? Yes. Who did? Oh, oh, we're back. Here we go. Justice, Justice and the Souteray. Clean it up. Uh, we all have a guy, GLers. We've got a guy. His name is Chris. He owns AIM High Construction MN. Uh, Just throw a .com on the end of it, and there's the website. It's the GLers Full Service Construction Company. Quality work, honest service, that's their deal. Uh, And like I said, GLers, okay, you're not legally obligated to book your project with Chris and his crew, but come on, there's a good reason why they are the official construction company of GL. Uh, they can do anything we need them to do uh, and they do it well kitchen pros bathroom pros bedroom pros rec room pros basement uh you need a dungeon i bet you can throw a dungeon in if that's your deal and that's just the interior stuff Uh, they also do all the exterior stuff you'll ever need and i know i've said this before but i've got to mention it again if you've got a cruddy old deck hanging off the back of your joint they don't have to tear the whole thing off they can take it down to the foundation or the posts or whatever and uh, make that old piece of crap look new and charming and beautiful. I swear the, they're the best deck experts I've ever met. AimHighConstructionMN.com, the website. Get in touch with Chris and discuss getting on the schedule. Get a quote so you can get locked in at a price. Uh, you especially want to do that and get the bid ball rolling. AimHighConstructionMN.com.
1: Is that Dylan? Yeah, I knew you wanted to hear this one.
2: hmm I want to thank Howard for uh, doing the sense wind work for me. Uh, these floods in Kentucky are down in the holler. This is uh, hillbilly elegy territory. Hmm. Uh, creek beds and they're low. It's Appalachia. Sure. sure. And they're horrible. And the uh, and their kids have lost their lives. It's just a sad, sad situation. And the. Uh, uh, News-gathering institutions are playing this for all their might as climate change, of course. Uh, and, and it's not. It, it's particularly not when you understand the history of that area of the United States. It's truly incredible. This is from the Lexington Herald-Leader. That's a real newspaper. It's not a podcast host or a, you <laughs> know.
4: It's, uh, it's <laughs> local street creds
2: The number of deaths from flooding in the state between 1996 and 2020 was 100, according to the National Weather Service, meaning that in one desperate morning, the state surpassed a quarter of the deaths over a quarter of a century. Not since the 1930s had the state seen more deaths in flooding event than last week. Here is a look at some of the largest floods in Kentucky in the last century. Okay. 1927. The Mountain Eagle newspaper in Whitesburg reported in its June 2, 1927 edition that a cloud burst a few days before had caused flooding that killed 16 people in the county while others were missing. So, again, uh, not new. Property damage cannot be estimated. Homes are destroyed, livestock and poultry drowned, and whole farms ruined, the story said. The fury of the flood far exceeded anything that has ever hit this area in its history. That was 1927. Arnold Atkinson, who lived near Roxana, said he was leading his wife through flood. This is 1927. Leading his wife through flood water almost to their shoulders when a log hit them, tearing her from his grasp. Mm, oh. no. That was the last I saw of her, he said. Mm. The water carried me into a drift pile where I lay until daylight, sometimes conscious, but much of the time not knowing what was happening around me. Atkinson said when he woke up, the first thing he saw was the body of his mother-in-law lying a few feet away. Oh, my gosh. January, February 1937, rain fell almost every day in January 1937 in the Ohio River Valley, totaling almost four times the normal amount, pushing the river above flood stage by late in the month. There was flooding on the river from Pittsburgh to Illinois, but Louisville was hit the hardest. At one point, 70% of Louisville was underwater, forcing 170, 175,000 people to leave their homes. The worst catastrophe in the history of Kentucky has fall upon, fallen upon our people in the valleys of the rivers and streams of Kentucky. And the Ohio River Governor Keene Johnson said in a statement, Uh, according to a history of the flood by the Kentucky National Guard. Thousands upon thousands of families have been driven from their homes without food or clothing. Tonight they are exposed to the terrific weather without food or the proper housing. And I'm looking at a a picture of Louisville from 1937. The city is underwater. Wow. Wow. According to the, the number of people who died from the drowning or exposure varied, the American Red Cross said a report that 137 people died in nine states, 22 of them in Kentucky, according to the AP. One of those who died was Sergeant Thomas Brown of Madisonville, a National Guard soldier whose boat sank while assessing flood damage. Other cities on the Ohio River, including Paducah, were inundated. Paducah, Kentucky is where former Twins catcher Phil Roof is from. Hmm. Is it Phil Roof or Ruth? Roof. Roof. Uh, no, it's DiMaggio. July 1939, a cloud burst overnight on July 4 and 5 created a catastrophic flash flooding in eastern Kentucky, which is where we are now, as water cascaded off the hillsides, according to the National Weather Service. The U.S. Geological Survey, which studied the flood, said that while reliable measurements were not available, it is estimated on descriptions by residents that rainfall exceeded exceeded 12 inches and may have approached 20 inches at the center of the storm. Uh, There were estimates that the water in Frozen Creek in Breathitt County rose 20 feet in 10 minutes. Holy crap. All right. Residents describe the rapid rise variously as an approaching wall of water which built up like clouds, a 15-foot wall of water crashing down the valley, or like thunder with livestock, pieces of homes, and countless other things all being whirled together on the breast of the torrent as if in a great mixing pot. Wow. Not only that, not only did this happen before, but people used to be able to write. The flooding affected more than 20 counties, but Breathitt and Rowan counties were hit the hardest. January-February 1957. Okay, 57. The massive flood of early 1957 in eastern Kentucky, which is where we are now, and nearby areas of Appalachia held the record in many spots for decades. Rain fell continuously in the area for 60 hours from Jan 27 to Jan 29, according to the National Weather Service. Flooding and landslides destroyed or blocked dozens of roads. Food shortages developed because of damage to stores. This is according to the U.S. Geological Survey. The American Red Cross reported that 597 homes were destroyed, 2,932 were badly damaged, and 8,000 suffered damage. Most of the coal mines in Pike, Floyd, Letcher, and Perry counties had to close, putting people out of work. At Pikesville... The Visa Fork rose from 18 feet on January 29th to 52.7 wow. feet by early the next day. <clears throat> Flood water reached a depth of 9 feet in some places in town, and police estimated 400 cars were underwater, according to the geological survey. In Hazard, Kentucky, water was up to 17 feet in downtown. All roads were blocked. All utilities knocked out. The Duke farm was flooded. The late Bill Gorman, who was mayor of Hazard for many years, told WYMTV for a documentary on the flood that residents initially thought the river would stop rising, but it just kept coming, and it just kept coming, Gorman said. Uh, people in the Hazard area drowned or died of exposure, and an elderly couple died near town when a house where they had taken refuge caught fire. Uh, April 1977. April uh, torrential rains from April 2, 3, 4, and 5 caused devastating flooding in southeastern Kentucky. I can go on. March 1997, 50,000 houses affected in Louisville. I'll stop. Such
3: there's a uh, PBS documentary about the 37 flood that uh, I'm watching a clip of right now. Mm -hmm. It's amazing.
2: I don't want to politicize the horrible tragedy of the current devastation. You lost. You lost kids. Right. The water's muddy. You lose. You lose holding onto the hand of somebody. It's. Oh. It's. It's horrible. But it's not climate change. Right. It's. It's happened repeatedly.
4: Well, what did you cite there? Twenty six. The fifties. Now, I mean, it's cyclical.
2: Well, they start in nineteen twenty seven, but you can you can rest assured that obviously that might have been the same case in. 1797 or 1897, and it's tough terrain. Uh, I read Hillbilly Elegy. They're down in the holler. They're down low. And uh, as you see described in this piece, uh, people saw walls of water rushing towards them. Uh, I'm going to want to read the one paragraph again because it was so well well written. If I can find it. Yeah, this is from uh, 1939, July. Residents described the rapid rise variously as an approaching wall of water which billowed up like clouds, a 15-foot wall of water crashing down the valley, or like thunder with livestock, pieces of houses, and countless other things all being whirled together on the breast of the torrent as if in a great mixing pot. Mm. And now you have these 27-year-old gorgeous women on cable news networks who've spent 30 minutes in the makeup room before they come on. And then they tell you, because they have no wisdom and not much education, that this is climate change. They apparently have no curiosity to do the simple act of going to the Lexington courier leader is it the lexington courier leader i'm sorry the lexington herald leader or making other inquiries as into the past of this
3: joe joe it's as easy as google for these idiots i mean i'm coming up with dates in 1927 37 93 2005 76 72 1900
2: 1889 1861 1969 and it's the it's the risk these people apparently take to live there for whatever reason Right. Maybe the jobs, uh, I, I, I I don't know. When you read "Hillbilly Elegy," there there's not much to advertise. Picking up your lock, stock, and barrel, and moving there, and live down in the holler, but uh, people do, and this is the risk they face, and it's horrible. And why they risk it is is their concern, uh, and they're now suffering yet another in a series of these. Episodes that have affected Eastern Kentucky since the beginning of time, or since at least as long as California has burned. Right. Uh, California can go a long way uh, in mitigating their fires by cleaning up the underbrush. Uh, I don't know what you do when you live down in the holler to mitigate these floods. Those creek bed, those creeks can't hold the water. the rivers can't hold the water. That's too much rain and too short of a period of time. It has nothing to do with the climate. This is what the climate has produced in that area. It doesn't have anything to do with humans intervening with the climate. And I am, it does sound dreadful to politicize an issue so horrific that you've lost children. But uh, any American who is thinking should be upset at the blatant disregard for context and fact when these things get reported on. It's, right. just, it's just a dreadful, dreadful, weak reporting that isn't it just no as, perspective at all.
1: But, and isn't it just as bad? You know, you say you hate to politicize it, but that's exactly what they're doing.
3: Yeah, I don't see, I don't see you politicizing it, Joe. I, I see you responding to them. Politicizing it because and, 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 yeah. and pushback is needed, and as they you say.
1: they won't hesitate for a second to
3: right. Not only will they not hesitate, Chris, like Joe said, they don't even think about it. No. They don't even consider it. They just it just spews out of their mouth.
1: No,
2: Howard. Fact. Howard notes that he read an NPR piece and he says it does have some good reporting. However, uh, they save the uh, full for the last line of the report. NPR could not resist throwing in the assertion that scientists say. The flooding is worsening because of climate change. Which scientists? What group? What data? Yeah, show me, your, show me the yeah, report the, that the you saw. The ones that
3: don't look back to 1869 or whatever the hell I said.
2: And he linked me to a song called The Flood that details events from 1957 that happened in the same area almost identically. Oh. Massive rain in a short time, loss of, light, loss of life, et cetera. If you can successfully convince people to ignore history... You can reimagine the present, and you can call it climate change. Which, and this movement against climate change, I, I will keep repeating because I know I'm correct. It has nothing to do with the climate, right. nothing.
3: The it's flood. A, did uh, Gordon Lightfoot write that? Was that a no. Lightfoot song? Oh.
2: Where does God go <laughs> when the rivers do flow? In Kentucky. When i um, Seconds become minutes or whatever the hell he said. Uh, we have a. Uh, might as well get this over with and then move on to other matters, but we've got some. Uh,
3: That's some, what I say it before this start of
2: show. I know, but you have a poor attitude. <laughs> Here. We have uh, solar panels on the roof of a six-story office building in Plano, Texas, caught fire Friday. Oh. The two-alarm fire was reported at 10:20 a.m. on the roof of a Bank of America building, not far from the Legacy Department at Sam Rayburn Tollway and the Dallas North Tollway. From Texas Sky Ranger, dozens of solar panels were seen installed on the roof of the building. Another, another, a number of them had clearly been charred and destroyed by fire. Uh, experts and homeowners agree, though, that their panels are worth it. <laughs>
3: It's, well, that's got to be an electrician problem. That's a, that, right. There's an electrical problem involved there.
2: It's not immediately clear if the fire did any damage to the building, which is located about 1,000 feet from the Plano Fire Station number 13. Cause of the fire is not yet known. Maybe the solar panels got too hot.
3: Oh, it's
2: Isn't that not it, possible? I don't know. I mean, it should no, not be possible.
3: It's something that, with conductors it's and.
1: Question. Uh, I got a neighbor that just had these installed on on his roof. Yeah, and I started to think about it because you're seeing it pop up everywhere, whether it's you know a farmer's field and there's just miles of these things. Sure. Do we know exactly what is the lifespan of, or does it vary based upon whatever particular? Did we modeling? go through
3: this a month or so ago, and, and we up. talked about uh, yeah, how they was.
2: can't
1: be recycled? Yeah, right? we've
2: learned that they're a terrible uh, problem when it comes to recycling because of the. Uh, Poisonous content of the metals and whatnot.
1: Because that's what I was thinking about. So let's just say it's... I think it's 20 years. Okay, I was going to say 15. but okay, well, let's go with 20. So if you have these on your your roof, essentially, the, the roof's going to need to be replaced at some point, right? Yeah. So you've got to take all these down, replace the roof. Then yeah, you, you want
2: to time it so you do both at the same well, time. Well, that's what
1: I was wondering. I mean, are we just going to be... There's going to be landfills upon landfills filled with these damn things.
4: That's right.
2: That is correct, sir. Okay. Can I burn, burn them?
4: Yeah, you can burn
2: tires. Sure,
4: it well, gets rid of them, right? Yeah. Boom.
3: As long as they're gone. This
2: eco-religious movement is based uh, basically on insanity. Uh, I would go no. How I do you would,
3: get rid of uh, fluorescent tubes? Do you, do you do the right thing or do you have a little fun with them?
2: I, I have I, I have none. I I tend to stay away from them.
4: They do Matthew. They do give a peculiar pop when uh, when properly busted you know what i'm talking about <laughs> they make a great noise when you break them yeah they make a uh, it's a it's a puff yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I know a guy that would
3: put them in his, you know, like forty gallon trash barrel there, and and they'd be sticking out, and he'd reach a ball peen down in and give them a little tap, and they would just implode right into the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. know who'd do have do done it for everything. a while. Yeah, <laughs> Not some dumb redneck, I'm sure. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that's now flooded out in <laughs> Kentucky.
2: Well, <laughs> well, grab yourself some peace, some quiet, some nature. Well, it's still available at Giants Ridge. Maybe a tank up and a tank back. I noticed the farther north I went over the weekend, the cheaper the gas was. Really? Yeah. Wow. And the more
3: you relax, the further north you went, the more the tension
2: eased. Giants Ridge, home to the legend in the quarry. Two of the greatest values of Minnesota golf. Two of the best golf courses in the country, not to mention Minnesota. And uh, we've got all you've got all month. Through August 29th, play the Legend and the Quarry for one great rate. 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf for one great rate with lunch on them between rounds at the Wakuda Grill. Don't forget, Giants Ridge will put a group together for you, offer group golf rates, including customized tournament packages for your family or your buddies. You can learn more about that at GiantsRidge.com. You can view 3D course flyovers of the Legend and the Quarry at GiantsRidge.com. And it is a family vacation destination. One tank up and one tank back. There's hiking and uh, water recreation, biking, the newest and largest, lift serve, mountain bike park in the Midwest, dining, lodging, and more. Book your tee times online at Giants Ridge. D- you, know, it's a, it's the, you know why it's the perfect vacation spot? Why Scott? is that? Because you job. Take, the, take everybody. Not everybody wants to play golf. There you right. go. But you golfers are left alone. You play golf, and then you meet up later at the Wakuda Grill with the people who went hiking or biking. You
3: could put it the other way. The pains in the ass go out golfing, and hopefully they play a few rounds, and they'll be gone all day.
2: Make your tee times online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling Giants Ridge at 218-865-8030.
4: Okay, it's time you finally hit that mark in your life where you're staring at that carpet. You know the one where there's uh, the sofa's been on top of the carpet and it's just worn down to nothing? You might want to just freshen that up, and I've got the place to do it. Have a plan. Have them design whatever you want to do. That's Redmond's Flooring and Design. They're in Anoka for half a century. Mike and the crew up there do a fantastic job of taking their time and doing it right. No overnight promises for carpet delivery, and that that doesn't really work. Because you know what? You want to have a plan. You want it to be completely executed properly so there's no surprises. That's what you get with Redmond's Flooring and Design. Now, the kitchen floor, yep, go ahead. Carpet, hardwood, tile, vinyl, waterproof. There's so many great products available. Visit their website. It's redmans.com, R-E-D-M-A-N-N-S.com. They work with Mohawk, the biggest name in flooring. Check out some of the reviews online, and you'll get a uh, you'll get a little you get to kind of know the whole crew over there. They do a fantastic job, so poke around the website. Estimates are free; they're free. Tell them the rook sent you. You'll get a free estimate. Actually, that's for everybody, but 763-316-3332. Freshen up that kitchen, that home, whatever the case may be. It might be uh, maybe cabinets. It might be uh, blinds. It might just be carpet. Whatever the case may be, go to Design Place at Redmond's Flooring and Design, 763-316-3332, or redmonds.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Sushue. This is
3: heavy. This is boot-stomping heavy. What's that, Neil Young Band? Uh, Crazy Horse. Yeah, sounds like Crazy Horse. Uh, What's the phrase, Joe? Did I loan them a truck, or did they borrow? Did I borrow them a truck? Did I loan them? What did I do? You loaned them. I loaned them. Well, they made me proud, the nephews did. When they uh, returned the truck I let them use this summer, they left me with a full can of seafoam in that baby. They know GLRs always carry a can with them, especially in a high mileage crap can like this one is. A can in the gas tank, yeah, every few Phillips or so. That ensures the engine will run smooth. The injectors, the injectors are going to stay clean. The truck stays out of the repair shop. That's the most important part. A can in the crankcase, a few hundred miles before an oil change. That's going to break loose the gunk that always seems to accumulate and nooks and crannies and turn the oil into sludge that's why uh an extra can carried in the cab always a bonus plus here's the extra bonus you happen to be pulling a trailer today who knows what you got on today a boat tractor skid loader atv side by side lawnmower i don't know what you're up to but you've got something back there you've got to have a can at the ready when you pull up to the gas pump to put gas in that thing just to give those cylinders a couple of gulps of insurance. That's what seafoam is insurance from what ails our cylinders, bad and old gas and fuel. Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam.
2: I introduced seafoam to a lake crowd this weekend. I went around and dumped it and everything. Good
3: move. Really? Good move. Yep. That's what a GLer does yeah. right there.
2: Yeah. A GLer doesn't bring wine or a box of candy. No, no, no. A GLer brings seafoam products. Yep. Right. Yep. Well, uh, it it, it can't go without mentioning that apparently even tubing now is fraught with danger, huh? Pretty hard to believe. Yeah, you're floating down the Apple River and some maniac starts stabbing people? We're losing it. I don't get that. Who brings a a knife to a float party? Maniacs. I don't understand any of this. Five people stabbed while tubing down the Apple River. Uh, it happened Saturday afternoon. It took the life of a 17-year-old boy from Stillwater. Oh. He didn't make it. Yeah. And four others were hurt. A 52-year-old man from Pryor Lake is now being held in St. Croix County Jail for the attack. Why aren't we naming this idiot? I was going
1: to ask you the same thing, because in the Star Tribune piece, I don't know what piece you happen to be reading... I'm reading a uh, Fox 9 piece. Yeah, because the Star Tribune doesn't list his name on the, on the,
2: on the piece online. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. Uh, the four victims who survived are at Regions Hospital uh, with a number of stab wounds throughout the torso and chest. Jeez. Was, he, was he literally doing this from his inner tube? Was he floated by? Was he reaching out and stabbing yeah, people? I don't understand I this. didn't
3: have the gumption to read the story. I don't know
2: first one they were giving CPR to, then the next one they were just telling him it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, these are witnesses. Uh, and then the guy was arrested at the end of the run. He he floats, I've never tubed the uh, Apple River. I'm sure you have, I'm not being facetious. Oh, yeah, and and so you I get have. to an end point and get out, right? Correct. Right. And that's where they yeah, nab the, bridge the guy. Or whatever it is. KSTP
1: does name the... Uh, Good. What's his name? The suspect identified by the St. Croix County Sheriff's Office as 52 year old Nicolet Miu, M I
2: U? I don't know.
1: Is expected to appear in court today at 1 p.m. So in just a couple of minutes. What?
2: what? Hmm. The old saying, you're not safe anywhere, is taking on a new meaning. Yeah.
1: I had this conversation with my wife over the weekend.
2: I have a family of five. Going to New York Friday, and they're poo-pooing all my admonishments. Mm. I said, "You got to be careful. Don't you know? Watch, watch. Uh, put your head on a swivel when you're on a subway platform. Oh, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's, it's not.
1: <laughs> There's incidents everywhere. We 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 had the story. Was it two weeks? It ago? happened
2: on the Apple Bleeping River
1: and the the right. campground in Iowa. That's a very popular campground. It's a state park, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, it is. And a guy that, shot up a tent full of people. He didn't even know the people. No, just completely at random. Is that suspect alive? No, he killed himself, wow. thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here, I'm going to send him to New York with this story right here. Okay. It, it's personal now. Yeah, you're on this. You're locking up spam in a locked case because it's getting stolen. Na- give me We're
0: locking this up spam. What's this, this is the guy's guy.
1: last name? M-I-U.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm on his Facebook page. You're kidding me. Very
1: normal-looking dude.
2: Is he uh, of Asian descent? No, no. M I E M I U.
1: Yeah. No, M-I-U. he's his mugshot is accompanying the KSTP piece. He, he's born in '69. He's got the gray, you know, beard going
3: like like all of us that age. What
2: he's, the hell? I'd like to know what motivated this moron. He. he I'm looks, gonna go to the Apple River and bring my knife. I
3: don't know. Uh. Studied Bachelor of Science at Mechanical Engineering at South Dakota State U. Also studied BSC Mathematics. Is there a family went, mentioned? Went to Robbinsdale Armstrong Senior High. Had a oh. picture of him in a hammock hanging out at what looks like Superior. Well,
2: the
1: first thought that I had was there had to have been some sort of altercation that involved these two groups, right? Because why would just, why would somebody? just... who
3: gets on uh, an inner tube with a knife?
1: Yeah, Who does that?
3: True. Yeah. Y- this guy. Y- you don't bring anything on the river with you except lots a of booze. Yeah.
2: Right. At the same time, and I did not see this reported, I was anticipating seeing some video of this. A, a, my brother's out on, the, on White Bear Saturday, and he notes a seaplane flying about 10 feet above the water. Okay. And when it got out of his sight, he didn't see it. it the guy landed it, but it flipped. Oh. And he got out, he's okay, but I saw no coverage of this uh in the news, that's not even in the paper so i don't I don't know what to oh that's old that's Jerry. He does that once a
4: week
3: oh. <laughs> he'll get it flipped over by himself. Let's just walk grab him
4: hey. Give me a beer. Yeah, grab watch a, this. Grab a side. Well, that's yeah. an accident, so that has to be reported to the FAA. You'd think that would be...
3: Oh, come on. It's Jerry and his seaplane. This oh, is every it's... other week with
4: him. The guy's name might be Jerry for all I know. Did you have to go over and help him flip the airplane like we used to have to flip your boats? No, Everybody... I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Oh, but I mean, I,
2: I would think that the news gathering institutions, that's right up their alley, a flipped airplane. That's a great optic for the But Kenny has a good point. What if this is just, what happens? Yeah,
3: Steve and Jeff and Nick are on the
2: pontoon. They're going out there. They're going to help him. He'll be out of here in no time. Don't worry about it. Shoppers, store employees, and social media users expressed disbelief after discovering $3.99 canned spam out of reach behind lock and key at a (laughs) Dwayne Reed counter inside New York City's Port Authority bus depot. According to the New York Post. I've never seen that before, a cashier said, while removing the spam from its plastic anti-theft covering. Unbelievable. They're locking up spam. The world is turning.
3: Tell, Tell us where. That's really paints a picture.
2: At the, uh, it's at the Dwayne Reed inside New York City's Port Authority bus depot. <laughs> you can't grab spam for the bus trip. It's locked up.
1: So wanna... t- when was the last time you were inside of an inner city a Walgreens or a, a, a drugstore of any type? Well, I'm in one all the time. I live in the city. Okay, but do you notice certain things? Oh, are... yeah,
2: yeah. That's but not that...
1: Spam. That's getting personal. That's true. You're
2: locking up my spam. Baby
3: food, heaters, a few other things.
1: I remember Jeez. I stopped at a store, I'm not going to name the
2: city, and I thought, why is that behind the damn locked countertop? I don't get that. Penny Larsony complaints are up 52% in the precinct where the Port Authority is located compared to last year. 52%. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and you could link that to uh, incredible inflation. I don't think they stop anything a store clerk named Iggy said about the anti-theft cases. It's security theater. If you really needed it, you would stomp on it. Yeah. Okay. Just a few days ago, Iggy's suspicion appeared to be well-founded when a man in a blank tank top bolted out of the store with a $38 electric razor after asking an employee to remove it from its locked-up plastic case. <laughs> I hand it to him. He takes it's off like bad out of hell. In addition to the rise in crime, inflation spiked to nine point one percent in June when the New York Post explained has cre- which the New York Post has explained has created a market for thieves to sell s- stolen discounted goods to cash strapped customers. The inflation wow. is at nine percent. If dollar stores selling something for a buck twenty five, that's a twenty five percent inflation. Right. That's not 9%. Spam can still be found in many locations in New York City without the plastic covering, including at Dwayne Reed locations near Times Square. So there is still a safe space for spam.
4: (laughs) A safe space for spam.
2: Here we lock up ice cream. An employee at a West 44th Street double, uh, Dwayne Reed said. They lock up the ice cream. Hmm. But not the spam. That's crazy. Just a little ice cream. Yeah, sure. don't worry. <laughs> oh. We've solved tra- we've solved crime in Dinky Town. What do Uh-oh. we got?
4: There's no more crime. What are we doing? What was no, the we're key? just going to close the streets. Oh, oh. Yeah. yes, that we'll that'll, that.
2: that'll stop it. Two streets in Minneapolis Dinky Town area will be temporarily closed to vehicle traffic for three weekends. I think it started last Thursday as part of an effort to enhance safety and pedestrian access. So basically, if there's been crimes there, we don't worry about the criminals. Uh, They're just victims of oppression. What we'll do is just close the streets. Um,
4: Is that going to stop it?
2: Quick question. Yeah. What about the people that live there? I I suppose they'll have some secret password or something to get in.
3: So the criminals, what about the sidewalks? I I mean...
4: Well, what what they are trying to curb is the uh, spinning out, the whipping... Street racing? Yeah, that Uh, kind of stuff. That's... Because that's uh, where most of that um, happened.
1: What's going to happen then is those three streets that are being closed, it's just going to divert those people to go to another street.
4: You sound like a criminal. You figured it out. (laughs) Oh, first is closed? Let's just go to second. Right.
1: God, these people are morons.
2: I don't know what to tell you.
1: You know what they should have, Joe?
2: The United States is about over.
1: The Minneapolis, what they need is, they need the citizens to come to the aid. Uh, Maybe like a public forum Reavers. remember the story you had earlier there was a headline oh, yeah. in today's what, Star that? Tribune
3: this headline in the Strib today I thought you wrote this headline downtown Minneapolis is back so is the violent crime oh man headline Chris Reavers
2: yeah well we're going to solve that roadblock if, if we don't close streets the city is now launching Minneapolis is launching a comprehensive effort not
4: just an effort. Okay, comprehensive, A so comprehend- that's larger, bigger. Bigger. More To
2: involved. recruit talented, diverse applicants for jobs in the police department, 911, and other hard-to-fill positions. This ought to go well. That work begins, it begins Starts. with the search for an outside consultant <laughs> to create and launch the multi-year recruitment and marketing campaign. Okay. Mm-hmm. The focus will be on increasing the number of qualified applicants for open positions at the city and having more of those applicants reflecting the diverse communities in Minneapolis as they would serve. Proposals of up to $1 million are being accepted for work that would include recruitment, (coughs) strategy development, marketing, advertising, outreach, and engagement. So a consultant uh, who is merely an expert from out of town could, could get up to a million bucks for putting this together.
4: Now, my Sophia has just graduated from the University of St. Thomas with a marketing degree. Go Maybe get I that should gig. S- go get this gig, man.
2: This investment of American Rescue Plan Act dollars over a two-year period will develop and drive a multi-year recruitment marketing strategy to restore the city's workforce, beginning with filling critical community safety positions. It's part of Mayor Jacob Fry's continued efforts to use all available resources to rebuild emergency response and was included in his ARPA investment plan. You just got to find the damn outside consultant to come in first. Mm -hmm. The city strives to be an employer of choice, said Bill Champa, interim director of human resources. We are competing for talent. Both locally and nationally, this recruitment and hiring campaign will help the city target our efforts toward community service-minded people who want to be part of our organization. Okay, they're, they've lost employees since 2020, most notably in public safety positions. As of early June, the number of sworn officers in the Minneapolis Police Department has dropped by more than 260 people Woo! from the same time two years ago. So Minneapolis is back and so is crime. Staffing shortages yeah. affecting emergency call centers across the country are being felt. Minneapolis Emergency Communication Center, where nine-one calls are received, has twelve vacant, twelve more vacant positions than it did at this point in twenty twenty. Contributing to all these declines are negative perceptions of the city fueled by police (laughs) misconduct reports. Concerns about personal safety and Minnesota's low record unemployment. B as in B, S as in S. This is a a, Minneapolis document. You are full of B as in B, S as in S. They're lying. I'm not staying away from downtown because of police misconduct reports which are exaggerated. I'm staying away from downtown because you politicians are idiots. Mm.
3: Here's why you're staying away. You're idiots. Here's why you're you're staying away, Joe. Downtown West Neighborhoods has seen a 25% increase in violent crime so far this year, driven mostly by robberies... And uh, aggravated assaults, according to data. Gunfire in the area up 40%. The neighborhood also has seen a 65% increase in property crimes this Mm -hmm. year compared with last. That's why you're staying away.
2: Absolutely. That's absolutely why you're staying away it has nothing Jeez. to do with reports of police misconduct the b as reason in b
3: s and s the reason you don't have police
1: officers is because lying propaganda like crap you just read mm-hmm. that's why and you know who they're going to end up hiring to do this it's just another layer of activism that's going to exist now oh, yeah. as no an employee more of the cities yep yep more heads of this, that, and the other. Well, we had the story last week about that. It, I know it's a smaller city, but it, the entire police force just quit because of the, the woman who worked here for a short period of time was creating such an environment of, of hostility in the workforce. They said, to the hell yep. with this. We're
2: Screw out of here. you. Bye. Well, we've noted Melvin Carter has 38 people on his police chief search committee. And people <laughs> who actually work for a living in the private sector are noting with some amusement that that's impossible. You can't get five people together on the same day, much less right. 38. Right. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> 38 people on his police chief search
2: committee. Work out of work.
1: 38
4: well. people. It'll take two hours just to get the meeting started. And, and people, who,
2: people who actually work are, uh, look at that and say, that can't be done with 38
4: no. people. No. 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 Well, I wonder, I wonder why, th- why 38? Why not 40? Why not 25? I don't know. I don't know why if they're not? getting paid.
1: <laughs> why not two? Yeah. Not? Right. So, a panel right. of six. Let's you just go. asked if you don't know that they're getting, paid. Oh, they're getting paid. Come on.
2: Well, many of them are, are from private sector businesses and whatnot. I, I don't know that they're expecting to be paid. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know that. Uh, I got a lot of pressure put on me. Uh, I say I went north uh, to the lake this weekend. Yeah. Really, I wasn't much beyond central Minnesota. Uh, Going up north is kind of a misnomer. I didn't go to International Falls. That's up north. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't
1: basically anything north of 694 going up north, I guess? I
3: I think, yeah, if you're north of Anoka or uh, Maple Grove, you're up
4: north. I went up north. We camped at... uh... I'm trying to do an ad. Oh, okay. Where did we... we, uh... You camped in Roseville. No, it was a little more north than that, but not much.
3: Richfield. Yeah.
4: Richfield. No, that's the other way.
2: <laughs> no, no was... I got the pressure put on me for that youth recreational equipment from Ecofund oh, yeah. Motorsports. I bet. I've talked it up so much that they're going, well, what uh, you got to deliver yeah, the goods. Let's go. Where are the goods here? Right. Youth ATVs and what have you, the scooters, those two cycle. Uh, not two cycle. Well, they are two cycle, but. Uh, I thought two cycle's the dog in Gumption yeah. County. Yeah, gas powered scooters that turn every urban errand into adventure, not to mention that. Ecofun Motorsports now carries Vespa scooters, Moto Guzzi motorcycles, Aprilia motorcycles, not to mention your world headquarters for electric bikes, the Bentelli Electric Bike and many other brands. And there's two locations now, the brand new store in Forest Lake, right off 35, just west of Highway 97. Exit on 97, take a left, it's a boom. It stares you right in the face. A brand new big showroom. With the helmets, the apparel, the service, the youth ATVs, the youth recreational equipment, the electric bikes, the scooters, and the new store in Burnsville that opened this summer uh, off 35 on the uh, service road Mm. next to Pawn America. Uh, Look for the scooters and the bikes. They're there. There's plenty of riding season left for all of this great, enjoyable recreational equipment. Check out Motorsports dot com and check out the two locations, Forest Lake and Burnsville. Hey, G.
3: L. There's a couple of great job opportunities await you at Polka Dot Dairy. Hit up polkadotdairy dot com slash jobs. They're looking for a milk delivery driver for Polka Dairy products to Greater Gumption County. Sixty thousand a year to start, plus a 401k. You must have a CDL license. It's early morning routes with no nights or weekends. Polkadot's also looking for a route sales associate to sell Polkadot dairy products like beef jerky and snacks to stores throughout Gumption County. Again, 60k to start plus a 401k and no nights or weekends. However, some overnight travel is required. A couple of great gigs and you'll be working with a bunch of really cool GLers. Polkadot Dairy located right on Highway 61 in the Hastings area. For information or to apply for these jobs, go to polka.dairy.com slash jobs.
4: Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Sujere. By the way, uh, setting the record straight, Suchi Boy, I went, um, I did go north, uh, Bunker Hills. Mm -hmm. Bunker Hills is where we. uh, Camped out, that's so that, that was a course a little bit further north than um, that's
1: go- golf golf
4: Roseville though. Uh, it has some good uh, some good camping sites. Uh, we yeah. had fun, and you know what? It was nice to get away uh, from the day to day operations that you do at home. You know, like uh, cleaning the windows, uh, getting the gutters cleaned out. Uh, washing that roof, Uh, getting rid of that lichen. You you know who can do that for you? Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. Veteran owned garage logicians that come to your home with their little squeegee and they clean your windows. You don't have to get up on a ladder six to eight feet up. Or the second story, forget that. That's off limits. Talk to the people at Kahuna about what you'd like done. Window cleaning, house washing, gutter cleaning, roof washing. They have safe products to get up to that second or third floor or on that roof call them at 76 uh, pardon me 612-888-5248 612 they're online at kahuna window book a cleaning mention that you're a gler. they're going to waive the trip charge if you're in your 60s or if you're in your 70s or if you're just afraid of heights like i am Go the safe route. Your windows can get clean in a jiffy. You've heard the reviews from garage logicians that have used them already. They love Kahuna Window Cleaning and seasonal services. 612-888-5248 or kahunawindowcleaning.com.
2: Recall the other day we mentioned the uh, school curriculum in Portland, Oregon, which is very heavy on introducing the gender ideology to uh, young people. And I said, I I have heard that this is happening locally. Uh, And sure enough, there's an alpha news piece where we learn the principal at a Minnetonka Elementary School is promoting a book on gender identity for kids as young as five. Uh, Stacy DeCourcy, principal at Excelsior Elementary School in Minnetonka's public school district, gave a brief video update about the upcoming year on the school's Facebook page. DeCourcy plugged a couple of books for elementary students to read over the final 40 uh, some days of summer, including Erica Silverman's Jack Not Jackie. Ah. Jack Not Jackie is a picture book written for kids in kindergarten through second grade that attempts to normalize transgenderism. It's going to screw them up. DeCourcy called the book a phenomenal read and said it's being added to the teacher's, I'm sorry, it's being added to the school's media center. In this heartwarming picture book, a big sister realizes that her little sister, Jackie, doesn't like dresses or fairies. She likes ties and bugs. Will she and her family be able to accept that Jackie identifies more as Jack, the book description reads. She wants to play with mud and be a super bug. Jackie also doesn't like dresses or her long hair, and she would rather be called Jack. Readers will love this sweet story about change and acceptance. Oh, can, I, can I stop right here? Uh, why don't you just let the kid not like dresses and like bugs,
4: like you and normally see do? Where, with see any where kid. things
2: go, right? Why this need to jump in there? I would maintain prematurely. Let Jackie be. Wait a Wait a minute! Look at look at Jackie.
4: She likes a bug. What's the deal? Right? Who gives a bleep let if you a... like a bug? Everybody knew a tomboy growing up, and that's fine. We got along. No problems.
2: Jack, not Jackie, ends with the main character's older sister and book narrator, Susan, acknowledged that Jack is her brother. Oh. Ooh. DeCourcy that DeCourcy is far from the only school official or teacher in the Twin Cities promoting gender ideology. One Minneapolis preschool teacher posted a TikTok video in May about, about three year old students affirming the teacher's trans queer identity. Oh, okay. 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 So today was full of little happy gender euphoria moments, the teacher said. I got called Mr. Micah a lot today, and that was really heartwarming that the kids just got it.
4: They didn't get it,
2: you moron. didn't get it. Back in February, Representative Angie Craig read from the U.S. House floor a children's book about a young girl who comes to identify herself as a boy. It is critically important to make sure that transgender and non-binary youth not only feel supported, but valued and affirmed for who they are, Craig said.
4: Yeah, well, in this day and age, they are uh, supported and there is enough love to go around. Well,
2: let me tell you something. I've noticed something here. Why this pouncing on them at such a young age when you don't even know what period they're going? I through? I don't
4: even un- I don't understand that. Why are you why I've, you I've them witnessed awake? this. I've witnessed the behavior of children my whole life. Mm-hmm.
2: And one day it's Barbie's, the next day it's where's my truck, right? Who gives a rat's ass?
4: One hundred percent.
2: Why don't you let them just be their kids, be kids? They're searching out their own deals. And why are you pouncing on them, De why are you pouncing on him at the age of five? Mm. Jack, not Jackie, sounds like a bunch of BS. So the kid likes bugs and... and,
4: and uh... Doesn't like dresses. So what? That's okay with me.
2: Wait a minute. Is Jack, not Jackie, it's about two girls, right? Two sisters. Uh, yeah, Jackie's the one, one that of doesn't,
4: whom... doesn't like... Bugs.
2: Yeah, it's about two sisters, one of whom doesn't like dresses or fairies. And
4: mm-hmm. wants to be called So Jack.
2: what? So What? Let them not like dresses or fairies. Let them go and see where you end up. Uh, You might end up at at some gender uh, dynamic, but not at five. No. What? She likes ties and bugs. Okay. Will she and her family be able to accept that Jackie identifies more as
4: Jack? Well, that's what. Why that's what they? Jackie's doing this week. Why won't they accept that? Yeah, next week it might be Jacqueline. Jackie, hey, what you doing now? You know, <laughs> seems like yesterday we were working out. I got that off my chest. I'm glad you got that off your chest, Jackie. Uh, Joey. What do you got on your chest?
1: I don't know, but my mic's not working,
4: so you just... Know. Your mic When's isn't Pat working here. coming in? He's Pat's here. right here. He's here. You want me to do this? Yeah, why don't you do that? I'm going to do that. I'm going to make room for Pat.
2: Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumasa, Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling linemen at WorldwideWaftage.com in 1820 on this day. Lewis Cass, governor of Michigan Territory, negotiated a peace treaty between the Dakota and Ojibwe at Fort St. Anthony, which, of course, was later Fort Snelling. On this day in 1849, Henry Sibley is elected to Congress and other state officers are chosen in Minnesota's first territorial election. Uh, in 1870, on August 1st, the Lake Superior Mississippi Railroad inaugurated travel between St. Paul and Duluth. And on this day in 1989, Duluth hosted its first Bayfront Blues Festival. Originally a small one-day regional event, it has grown into one of the major blues festivals in the country, attracting fans from all over the world, hosting uh, over 200 performers of national and regional acclaim and growing in attendance from about 1,000 the first year, to nearly 60,000 over a three-day period in 1998. And finally, on this day, day, I remember this. I remember this distinctly. Tried to go there. On this day in 2007, the Interstate 35W bridge over the uh, Mississippi and Minneapolis collapsed during the evening rush hour. 13 people were killed and 145 (laughs) injured. And I have a sister, and many people have their own stories, but one of my sisters went over the bridge home 10 minutes before it collapsed. Oh. Yep. 10 minutes. What are we doing here?
1: 15 years ago
2: today.
0: That's right. Yep. 2007. I was at the ball game and went over to see the bridge. The twins mm-hmm. were playing at home that night, mm-hmm. and they they proceeded with the game, I believe. As if I'm not mistaken, I went over to the uh, press conference, and uh, it was... Uh, it was a bit chaotic, to say the least. I'll no, say I think maybe it was a Timberwolves press conference we were all at. That was it. And all of a sudden, the cameramen started leaving. And uh, we didn't know what the hell was going on. And then it was we found out I wasn't. I was going to go to the Twins game. And then uh, ended up going to some press conference about the uh, collapse. So You are here
1: for Brainerd.
0: I am here. And August. This is August 18, 21. So you got a couple of weeks to get ready, right? Yes, sir. The racing experience of a lifetime, and uh, at the time of year everyone waits for, at Brainerd International Raceway, of course the Lucas Oil Nationals drag races, 40th year in a row, 40 years at Brainerd. Wow. Uh, coming to Brainerd, uh, August 18th, 21. They go 330 miles an hour now. 330. Every ticket you get at for this comes with a pit pass and 12 kids 12 and under get in free. It's uh, everyone has heard stories about BIR during the NHR. National NHRA nationals. Uh, yeah, there's stories. but you have to experience yourself. The gates open at 7 a.m daily starting Thursday for those who aren't camping. The stars of NHRA will be pushing themselves and their cars to the limits. And the Force family will be there in force driving their uh, their vehicles. John Force still going. So uh, here's what you do. You, uh, contact, you go to BIRMN.com. Start getting your tickets ready. If you want to go camping up there, uh, you better get in early because they pack them in for this thing. Forty years in a row, man. Uh, What makes BIR unique is that zoo campground, which has a reputation among drivers, teams, and parents and fans alike uh, for being the place to be at the end of the race day. Live music every day, Thursday through Saturday, 24-hour food, and a huge fireworks display on Saturday night. B-I-R-M-N dot com. Go there and get your tickets now, August 18th, 21. NHRA is back in town. Thank you, GLers.